0: labor and one of my great personal failings. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. So I'm running late to class one day and I didn't have time to make myself food, which I usually do because I'm in class for a long time. So I swing by Chipotle on the way there. Now, I hate eating in front of students when they don't have equal food. If we're eating snacks, whatever, I'm going to eat whatever snack I have on the shelves. I have a huge pantry in the classroom. But if I'm getting Chipotle and I have a big Chipotle bowl and they're just eating, you know, goldfish, I feel bad about that. So I always get Chipotle for my students, or at least offer it. So I send out these text messages and say, okay, look, I'm grabbing Chipotle. Would Owen like something? Would Steve like something? Does Troy want something? Whatever it is, and I get all the text messages back. Yes, yes, please, that'd be great. How about a steak burrito? Um, just rice, beans, and steak, and fine. No, no problem at all. And hey, how about throw some fajita veggies on here? All of this stuff. So this one mom, text messaging me back and says, "Hey, Owen would love a burrito. That would be so kind of you." And I'm like, "Great. What does he want?" So give me chicken, pinto beans, you know, mild salsa, fajita veggies, and guac. And I got the text. I'm in line. I looked down. I'm like, and guac? Who gets guac? You never get guac when somebody's getting you a burrito. And I kind of laughed. But I'm like, whatever. I don't care. I'll get this kid guac. I like the kid. We're having a good class. Who cares? It's $2. Who cares? So I get this stuff and I go back to the classroom and I start handing. Them. I'm like, "All right, here. So here's the steak burrito. Um, you know, beans, rice, steak, and here's your thing. And uh, oh, here and oh, and here's your uh, burrito with guac." And everyone turns instantly and said, "He got guac!" Everybody starts laughing. They're all saying the same thing. You never ask for guac. Who got guac? I'm dying because it's really funny. And I was like, I don't know, man. I didn't even order it. And it was my mom. And they're all looking at me like, we could have gotten guac. It's like, shoot, I guess so. I don't know what to tell you. He got guac. And we laugh about it. The whole class were cracking up. It's like, who gets guac? And, and I didn't really think anything of it. Because again, I don't mind getting the kid guac on the burrito. And by the way, everybody who comes to class from here on out, you can ask for guac if I offer you Chipotle. So the point is, I really didn't mind getting him guac, and I won't mind getting guac in the future. But I didn't think much of it until something happened later that week. My neighbor, who's a great friend from college, tremendous friend, one of my best, he moved onto my block about five years after I had moved there. So I knew the neighborhood, he would come over for dinner, he and his wife, and now his children really enjoyed it, loved the place, and found a house that's fantastic. We love having them down the street. And again, we introduce them to some of the neighbors. And some we know really well, and some we know marginally. And some we don't really know at all. But what happened that week was very interesting. Mm -hmm. They were in a pinch with something. My friend's wife had to go to her preschool or something like that. And we couldn't help watch the kid that was at home. And his wife called one of our neighbors who we got introduced to like the first three months we had moved onto the block and that was eight years ago so we've known these people for almost a decade we don't really hang out with them i don't have a problem with them but we don't we're, we're neighborly but we don't we don't really interact with them that much she calls that neighbor to watch her baby while she stepped out i was like wait she called her I think her name's Susan like she called Susan how does that work because I was talking to my wife like we we've known them forever and we don't ask Susan for stuff and I come to find out that they have uh, a relationship more developed than the relationship we have now again that doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me that somebody who's my friend would be friends with somebody else that's not the issue the issue is that they developed this relationship based on reciprocity and vulnerability. There was a problem. My friend, my friend's wife had a problem, and she reached out to a neighbor to help solve that problem. Now, again, on the face of it, that's not that big of a deal, right? You, You have a problem, you look for a solution. Well, it is a big deal in my life because... I, as well as my wife, we are fiercely independent people, fiercely. And with technology, with our iPhones, with our iPads, with our laptops, we can pretty much function independent of everyone surrounding us, right? If, if there's something coming up and we have to ask for help, we will likely just not it. If there's a birthday party or if there's an event and we both can't be there, we'll just say, hey, we can't make it, right? If we can't, if we can't work it out, if there's some conflict, just, hey, ax, ax it off the calendar. We never ask for help. And what I saw this last week when this happened is what an unbelievable mistake that is. So what happens when you ask somebody for a favor? And Benjamin Franklin actually was insistent on this. When you ask somebody for a favor, what happens is that person, if the favor is great enough, that person essentially catalogs that favor, right? If if it's very minimal, hey, could you pick up that cup real fast? They're not going to think about it. It's a nothing. But if you ask them something substantial, could I bother you to cook my kids' dinner tomorrow night and serve it to them? I have to go do this thing. That's a big ask you've asked something imposing on them i mean like you you've changed the course of their life for that brief period of time they remember that and what happens is that they are then much more likely to ask you for something in return now why would that matter why would you want that because once you start sharing experiences once you start expressing vulnerability i have a problem i need help and once you give somebody the chance to rise to the occasion to help you, that's when you start developing great relationships. Relationships based on reciprocity. Relationships based on reality of vulnerability. I need help. You were there to help me. I will be there to help you. Well, my wife and I do not function this way. And if we do, it's absolutely last case scenario last-ditch effort or an absolute emergency. And I've always considered myself a very good neighbor because of that. I do not ask things of my neighbors. And if they need something, I am so, so fast to help them. For instance, uh, loaning tools to to my good friend down the street. I loan him things. Whenever he needs them, I go out of my way to help him. And I've realized as of late that it has made him less likely to ask for help from me. Because I so infrequently offer him a chance to reciprocate, right? If, if he borrowed a tool and then I needed something and he was able to help me, now we're even, right? He, he was able to help me. I was able to help him. We're growing. We're building together. But if he only gets to ask me for things and I never ask of him, he feels terrible after about the third or fourth or fifth time. He just flat out can't ask me anymore because he's too embarrassed. And my friend actually looks for things that he can do for me. But again, a great personal failing of mine that I'm, that I'm coming to terms with in the last little while here is that I don't actually allow him to do that. I don't allow him to see the soft spots. I don't allow him to see the vulnerability. And I certainly don't allow myself to ask for things from him. And again, we think we're being good neighbors, good friends, good classmates, good partners in whatever way when we do this. But in reality, what we're doing is closing ourselves off from the possibility of a real relationship because real relationships are not things where one side is is like a superhuman never needing anything, never wanting anything, and the other side is just a sponge, right? And that's what it turns into. If one person is always insistent on giving and never receiving, then the other person turns into a sponge whether they want to or not, or at the very least, they feel like that. And in order to prevent that, because I can't be that guy, I can't be the sponge, they will stop calling. They will stop asking. And I realize now The independence that's allowed by our society and our technology and the morals that we raise our children with, which is, hey, you know, be independent. Don't ask for things. You need to work this out yourself. Yes, there's some degree of that, of course. To be a real adult, you have to work things out yourself. But to have a real relationship, even if you can work something out yourself, you need to give people that you care about the opportunity to rise up and support you, even if you don't need it. You need that relationship. You need reciprocity. You need the connection that comes along with it. We are human beings. We are social animals. And the road we're going down with independence and resourcefulness And ultimately just being sovereign entities moving through the same physical space but never really knowing each other. That's a problem. So allow yourself to be a receiver. Allow yourself to be vulnerable and make good on it. Make sure you give back. You can even give back more but make sure at some point you allow yourself to receive. And on that note, go out and crush it. Hope you enjoyed it.